millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You're listening to Popcorn Pals, and this episode, I'm joined by Rotten Tomatoes certified film critic Peter Gray, where we're discussing No Hard Feelings. I'm Timmy Fland, movie buff, and this is Popcorn Pals, a popcorn podcast with Lee and Tim spin-off, where I'll be joined by a rotation of movie-loving legend guest hosts to discuss the latest and greatest new big screen releases. It's the same salty fun with some new flavors. And speaking of salty, I'm so <laughs> delighted to have one of my favorite people join me for this episode, unabashed and unafraid to tell it how it is when delivering his film reviews for the AU Review and the monthly Movie Marathon podcast from TIFF to Sundance and the Sydney Film Festival. Please welcome Rotten Tomatoes certified film critic Peter Gray to the show. Oh, I have never been more happy to be called salty. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you would like that, my friend. Uh, Sometimes sweet, depends what day we get you. Very true. Thank you for joining me. I'm so happy to bring you on to talk about Jennifer Lawrence's new movie, No Hard Feelings. How are you feeling about being here and talking about this one? I know we'll dive into it. I'm very excited. I've been looking forward to this one. I've, I've been getting sick of seeing the trailers. I'll say that much. So I'm very happy that the trailers are now done. I've seen the whole thing. I'm very excited to talk about it. The return of the, of the big screen sex comedy, and I'm all for it. I love that. Well, with that bit of an intro, let's get on with the show. So in No Hard Feelings, on the brink of losing her home, Maddie finds an intriguing job listing. 
helicopter parents looking for someone to bring their introverted 19-year-old son out of his shell before college. She has one summer to make him a man or die trying. <laughs> no Hard Feelings is directed by Gene Stupnitsky, who brought us recently The Good Boys, which is one of my favourite comedies of the last, you know, half a decade. The screenplay is also by Stupnitsky and John Phillips, who has brought us a screenplay for Dirty Grandpa in the past. No Hard Feelings stars Jennifer Lawrence, Andrew Barth Feldman, Matthew Broderick, Natalie Morales, Laura Benanti, and Scott MacArthur. Can we talk about how excited I was that this film marks the first time that Jennifer Lawrence has gone, quote-unquote, all-out comedy on us. She's She's been funny in some roles, thinking like American Hustle mm. and Silver Linings Playbook. You know, there are comedic layers to those brilliant performances, Oscar-winning for Silver Linings Playbook. She's done a lot of drama. She's done a lot of action. I mean, Katniss Everdeen and that franchise. But this piqued my interest and something I have been manifesting for so long for J-Law, if you if we even <laughs> want to refer to her as J-Law. I don't know. It feels a bit weird. She is fucking hilarious in her everyday life, and she was born for comedy. Do you agree? Absolutely. Like I think like a lot of people, The Hunger Games and Silver Linings Playbook was kind of where we got introduced to Jennifer Lawrence in terms of mainstream, obviously. She had Winter's Bone before that but you know like these films showcased how like how incredible she is as a dramatic actress but then you saw her in like all of her interviews and she was i was like this is someone who's like i don't know if she just didn't bother doing media training but she just like said what was on her mind she really doesn't come across as someone who was like done traditional media training right yeah and because one of the greatest stories i ever heard about her was when she did a film with Charlie's Thron and Kim Basinger, like really early in her career called Burning Plan. It doesn't, wasn't really a big film. Mm-hmm. She was like in a teenager and she said that she hadn't done any media training and she was at like a, a press conference at like one of the film festivals yeah. and Kim Basinger wasn't there. And they sort of asked like, oh, how was it working with Kim? And, and Jennifer Lawrence was like, oh, didn't you guys hear? Kim died. And <gasps> what? I've not heard this story before. Everybody like lost their shit because they were like, oh my God, like is Kim Hasinger dead? And then like everybody on the side was just like, I'm shook. Yeah, it was like pointed at her and was like, finish this press conference and we are going to take you on like a massive tour of like what you do and don't say. Oh my God. To me, that's like classic Lawrence. Like she just seems like someone who doesn't give a shit. 100%. She doesn't give a fuck. She just says it how it is. She's so dry. Her, I love her, yeah. her humor as a human being. Yeah, and I think, because I, I remember, like, when she won the Oscar, that was the same year as Anne Hathaway, and that was kind of the year that we all started hating Anne Hathaway a little bit, and it was kind of that right. really big dynamic of, like, Jennifer Lawrence won, and she just, like, took the piss out of everything. She fell when she was walking upstairs. She laughed at herself. She was having a great time, and Anne Hathaway took it, like, <laughs> so seriously and it was kind of just showing you like the two different like reactions to to being an oscar winner Mm, mm. and yeah as like she's she's dabbled in comedy in some of her roles but uh this has been a long time coming for her to just embrace comedy and just like let loose 
well, embrace comedy and let loose <laughs> are two very, very accurate headlines for this movie and her performance. Because I, I remember watching the trailer and I was really shook and taking it back because somehow, even though I live in the land of movie news and podcasts, like I, I didn't really see this coming. I didn't know it was a project on the horizon. Mm. And then it was just this trailer came out and I go, hold on a minute. Oh my God. Jennifer Lawrence is doing a comedy. It seemed to come out of nowhere. And I don't know how you felt about it initially. I was actually really nervous because I thought, no, like we've been waiting and wanting and manifesting this sort of role and movie from Jennifer Lawrence for so long. What if it's shit? What if it's Mm. no good? Because the comedy genre is so hard to get right. Mm -hmm. Like it's so hard to make people laugh. Like it really is. I do, I do not envy comedic writers because your sense of humor is very subjective. So you're Mm. trying to meet a certain audience and, and be broad and and bring people in and and give them a, a good time. So I was, I was nervous, but then I convinced myself, I was like, no, no, no. Jennifer Lawrence would have seen something in this script. She wouldn't have taken unless it was a great script and there was something unique about the film. Mm. And what we get in No Hard Feelings is so refreshing because it's reminiscent of those 90s, noughties comedies that are such a rare breed these days. And I just had so much fun watching a comedy that was unapologetic, raunchy as fuck, hilarious and downright wild at times. It was one, I was sort of the same, like I remember seeing set photos probably like a, like a year or so ago where it was her in like the that pink dress that she wears in the um the dog scene and it was kind of just oh, like shelter. Oh, yeah, yeah and it was kind of just like wow jennifer lawrence looks incredible and she looks like so much yeah not saying that she's like she's not old but she just looked very youthful very young in in what she was wearing mm. i forgot about it and then the sony have released their you know r-rated trailer for no hard feelings and i was like oh okay and i watched it and Mm. the trail i thought the trailer was hilarious i was Mm. optimistic but i was the same as you i was like yeah this could go either way because it's sort of been a while since we've had one of these type of comedies that hasn't gone to streaming because i feel like comedy is now yeah they've they're pushing it onto streaming we're not really getting it in cinemas but that was the same thing i was like well jennifer lawrence wouldn't be saying yes to this if there wasn't something about it and then gene sapnisky having done good boys he also wrote bad teacher which i think is hilarious that's right yeah see i i didn't love i didn't love bad teacher okay Mm. but yeah i just i was like i'm gonna persevere with this i feel um i'm in good hands with this so watch the film and i think we can both say that our our, um worries were were eased (laughs) we're definitely eased Something I really admired about the movie is that it pushes the limits. And I think that's often missing in comedy. Everyone dances a little bit on eggshells because we're a bit too concerned about offending people. And in an interview with Sky News, Jennifer Lawrence has said, I think it's time for a good old-fashioned laugh and it really is hard to make comedy where you're not offending people. And she finishes by saying everybody will be offended by this film <laughs> so like she was managing expectations just being like take it or leave it we've made a like as mildly offensive movie depending on where you're coming from mm. and we're not apologizing for it and i i really i really admire that about the filmmakers and her sort of approach to the role and taking this on and being like yep this is what you're going to get and I'm giving it my all. Yeah, and I think I can see why some people would find this offensive, but at the same time, it was so much sweeter than I thought it was going to be. I think the first half 
leans more into that raunchy, offensive, the kind of humor that you might sort of just go, oh, should I be, should I be laughing at this? Like, and then the last half is more the emotional side of things. Cause obviously the way that they're, you know, her relationship with Percy kind of ebbs and flows and they sort of realize that there's real people underneath this sort of ridiculous premise that the film wants us to sort of go along with. And because it really leans into it, we just go, you know what, I'm going to go along with it because I would have gone along with it for a movie in the eighties and the nineties and the two thousands. So why not go along with it now? <laughs> and I, I sort of think that maybe the one scene that people might feel a bit uneasy about is obviously the beach scene, which had the oh. biggest reaction in the cinema. I <laughs> lost my shit. So hysterical. I was oh. not expecting <laughs> a lot of what yeah. happened, um, but I was like, there is an actress who has gotten rid of all of her vanity, which is what you need for comedy. You can't be yeah. precious in comedy. You can't uh-huh. be have an ego. And I was like, this is what you want to see. This is Jennifer Lawrence going all out in a scene that uh, could go down as one of those like classic classic comedy scenes i think oh i completely agree fuck me when that <laughs> scene started playing out and it does you blink and it's there it's all there happening in front of you and it's wild you you have to decide what you're going to do mm. in that in a split second do i keep watching and and laughing through this or do i look away and feel really uncomfortable or do you just embrace it and i just went with the embrace yeah of what was happening. And I'm so glad I did because I, I just want to echo your sentiment that it 100% will go down as an iconic scene in cinema, let alone the comedy genre. Like it is so unexpected. It's so fucking funny and wild. And to think that you have like this huge Hollywood star in Jennifer Lawrence just being like, yep, this is what I'm going to do and deal with it. And I was like, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> Because going into the film, I kept hearing there was like, oh, there's one scene that's going to break the internet and there's one, and it's a scene that mm-hmm. is reminiscent of Eastern Promises. And I was like, Eastern Promises? The Cronenberg movie where there was oh a God. fight in a bathhouse. What a comparison. And I went, <laughs> oh, okay. And then you see this scene and you just go, I get it. Yeah. It's a yeah. naked fight scene where she, like, <laughs> WWE, like, all these moves that she's doing. It's, it's wild. And I think... Yeah. That sort of shows you this film's mentality of like, we know the joke and we're always going to push it to the next Mm. level without also going too overboard. Because as much as that scene is wild and unexpected and some people might find it a bit too crass because sort of thinking like, oh, how could Jennifer Lawrence like, you know, do a scene like this? I was like, she's, she's, she's owning it. Yeah. And it has a weird sort of sweetness to it, which I think a lot of the movie does because she's, <laughs> yeah. she's doing it. Yeah. She's doing it for the right reasons. She, she's like, that's right. They stole my shit. I'm going to get it back and I'm going to get it back in this sort of way. And um, I really hope everybody that listens to this is like, what actually happens in this scene? I was like, we're not going to tell you straight up. You're going to have to see this movie because no. I want people to go to the cinemas and see this glorious, like, r-rated it's not r-rated but you know that that mentality of of comedy where it's where it's risky and raunchy and um you see things that you're not expecting (laughs) didn't necessarily sign up for let's just say that let's talk about the the comedy the tone of the comedy a little bit more because i don't know what i was expecting but I, i wasn't really expecting the layers of physical comedy and slapstick that are involved in here. Mm. And I, I was lapping it up. Of course, like that beach scene is something that is not, nothing else is really like it, mm. 
but it's shocking, yes. But they were kind of teasing that the movie was going to play in that sort of space where a lot of the comedy isn't just verbal and that witty, sharp tongue that the character of Maddie has, Mm. but also that they they show some shit and it's quite (laughs) funny. I was beside myself when she was dragging the chair over to the desk oh. at the dog shelter. And then she looked like a kin- little <laughs> kindergarten kid. Just you see the head ab- above the desk. And I'm like, why is this so funny? And it's just how the scene is blocked, how she performs it. And then obviously married with what her motivations are in that scene mm. as well. It's just the perfect setup for just some dumb, silly uh, visual gags that I just adore. I just adore. No, I'm the same. Like, that really got me. And it was also, like, it's just also, like, her walking up the steps in the the rollerblades and she's like, do you guys want to come down here? And they're like, no, you come up here. And she's like, okay. And they just just watch her awkwardly go up the stairs. It was great. And uh, she has this uncanny ability to make what could be a very sort of throwaway line really land like when she's talking to the parents matthew broderick and laura benanti who are both incredible in this film with like sort of what they do and they say oh he's going to princeton and she says i've heard of it and it shouldn't be as funny as it is but it's just the fact that she's like i've heard of princeton which is like yeah everybody's heard of princeton but she sort of plays it off very (laughs) like well i'm one of the people that know about it those little lines to me like are just as good as when it's like the really broad comedy. And like when she when she goes into the dog shelter and she's like, I wanna adopt a dog. Adopt a dog. And he's like, which one? She's like, which one's the most fucked up? And it's like and, he, yeah. and he's like, you're the kind of person that we don't give dog he's like, I would take a dog away from you. Which also made me think yeah. Andrew Bath Fellman, he like knocks it back just as much as she's giving it. Like this film wouldn't work oh, yeah. without him because he's going toe to toe with someone who, I mean, she is like, we can say she's like a comedy powerhouse in this. 100%. And he's like up for the challenge and his role's not easy. His character could have been kind of insufferable in other hands i think he's awkward and he's nerdy and he's Mm. he should be a lot more advanced for what he is but i think the fact that he also kind of embraces her craziness and he's like i'm kind of oddly turned on by you i don't know why (laughs) i mean and and you see it he just didn't know what the hell was going on Mm. but for him like he's, he's such a sheltered naive kid like he's not a bumbling idiot nerd he's quite sincere yes he's a bit ignorant and naive but he was more worldly than you first Mm. give him credit for in terms of his ability to create connections with people because his parents make it out like that he's just this hopeless kid Uh, and in some ways he is and their intentions are are nice as well Mm. everything i mean it's comedy everything is heightened everything the parents do even through best intentions are actually kind of fucked (laughs) you know they track his phone and they put put an ad on craigslist to try and get someone to fuck their son so they feel like oh that's what needs to happen in order for him to be ready for college i mean come on it's just ridiculous uh but you just go along with it. yeah and then you realize he can clearly have sex on his own because you see later on that he's formed a connection with one of the girls at school and she's happy that he's going to princeton as well and he seems like he's able to to quite easily talk to people even though he's probably like he's obviously an introvert but he's he's yeah you Mm. give him more credit than the parents do and that's you said the parents think they're doing the right thing they're just going about it in completely the wrong way like they know his passcode and then he's like 
you can't know my passcode i'm changing it and their and their first reaction is to go well what are you changing it to and it's like that's yeah what is it (laughs) that's the whole thing i'm not telling you what it is yeah yeah i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. But just around like his sincere, not only uh, performance, but but character. Like mm. th- this movie, you, you alluded to before, this movie has a lot of heart. And I think that's really important to call out from a story perspective because, yes, we've spent a lot of time talking about the comedy, the physical comedy, the slapstick, one particular beach scene, uh, <laughs> maybe also something uh, involving the finger traps, which were used in creative and interesting ways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a nice payoff at, towards the end. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't bad, was it? I was also like, oh, I don't know if I'd want it to fit in there for starters, but uh, anyway. Yeah, look, I think I'll <laughs> just happily watch from afar. Uh, with that, I'm not curious to give that a go. Let's just say, anyway, of course, you don't know what we're talking about. Not at all. Bill, once you see the film, <laughs> not at all. But when he's sharing like his past experiences of, of bullying, it was really devastating, so utterly devastating. There'll be kids or, or adults like who have suffered at the hands of bullying and that can be triggering or really can resonate with people. And the fact that you empathize with him, mm. with the guy, and it, it's it, that particular scene, I think you can recall the moment I'm talking about, is so beautifully written, but then, of course, performed. And you don't nail a piece of script like that unless you have actors that work together in a scene so well mm. as Jennifer Lawrence and Andrew Barth Feldman. The chemistry between them is undeniable. Mm. And this movie really, like, the, the funny is there, the, the story is there, but unless you had the right people saying those words and, and living out their lives, then it wa- it wasn't going to work. It wasn't going to hit hit the marks that this movie does if you didn't have those two uh, players working with and against each other at times too. So... Yeah, I mean, their chemistry was was really, really kind of special. Yeah, and I think because, I mean, obviously these types of films, like we know that it'll eventually hit an emotional snag and we know that she's met him under a very specific circumstance, but we know that unfortunately he's it'll be found out as to just why she's sort of pursued him. And that, that scene in itself sure. is heartbreaking, but... It's sort of, it's even more so because yeah, he he shares those stories and it's sort of like when you see her going, This is now transcending sex. Like she's like, you know, I actually like mm. hanging out with this kid. And then, you know, the friends are kind of like, yeah. Why are you still like hanging out with him? She's like, He's really he's really sweet. And it's it, and it's true, but like you see them and it's like it actually works. Like you sort of see them together and you think, Yeah, like 
there's an obvious age difference because he's so baby faced. It them together, yeah, as you said, like it completely works, and you completely believe that this is a friendship above everything else. Like, yes. Yeah. She wanted to initially have sex with him purely to get the car that the parents promised her. Sure. And then he sort of starts to want to have sex with her because he thinks that's what she wants. And he's like, that's, I've got to be a man. Mm. And how they both sort of come to this agreement of like, we'll take it however this goes. And mm. then there becomes this sort of genuine like love story. And you saw for a film that's yeah. marketing itself as this sort of raunchy sex comedy, mm. it was quite surprising for them to go as emotional as they did. Cause I was, I was a bit worried of like, I know that this will go to an emotional place. Is it going to really break the momentum? And it sort of naturally mm. does that. And it keeps the funny up pretty much the entire way too. Like, yes, there'll be some sad scenes, but they managed to then undercut it with like a really well-placed joke. Yes. Yeah. And that comes down to, Lawrence and Feldman, and then also the fact that Stupnitsky clearly knows how to write comedy. Because you said earlier, Good Boys being one of your favorite comedy. Like, I re I rewatched that yeah. leading up to No Hard Feelings, and I was like, ah. this movie, god damn, it's funny. Oh, it's so good. And it's not just because kids are saying things that kids shouldn't say. Yes, that's, that's part <laughs> yeah, of it. Definitely part of it, yeah. It's really, really well written, and those kids are incredible. Yeah. Like, he manages to just... Yeah pull out these performances from people that you might not expect. Like this is Jacob Tremblay from mm. room. And he's like this little kid yes. just swearing and like with sex dolls and all that sort of crazy shit. So I think it's the same here where we're like, we know Jennifer Lawrence is funny, but she's always been like mm. this serious mm. dramatic actress, or she's been like mystique, or she's been Katniss. And it's like here, I really hope that yeah. going forward, Jennifer Lawrence starts to, get more into comedy. Like it kind of reminded me like Goldie Horn oh. in her sort of heyday when she was, yeah. you know, kind of like yes. the big studio get. So yeah, I can, I, I'd love to see Jennifer Lawrence continue this path. Still do her serious stuff because I was like, you know, we need that. We need that. Yeah. She's got another Oscar or two. Yeah, her, I think sure. for sure. But uh, I, I want yeah. more of these sort of films for her because it seems like she's very confident and very comfortable doing this sort of stuff. Yes, that's it. She's confident and comfortable and it, she just shines. I'm just thinking like what what I'm worried about is, you know, sorry, this is such a weird kind of mild tangent and comparison. I don't know whether it will make sense, but I think of Tom Cruise and when he shocked everyone and did Tropic Thunder, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, he's a dramatic actor. Certainly mm. more often than not, he leans into his action genre tropes. I mean, he's about to release the seventh Mission Impossible movie, for goodness yeah. sake. Like he, he's been doing this for like almost 30 years, that yeah. franchise alone. But when he did Tropic Thunder, it was like, holy shit, Tom Cruise is fucking hilarious mm. and he went balls to the wall with that performance and i guess you could say something similar about jennifer lawrence but tom cruise hasn't really unless you can fill a gap for me he hasn't really done comedy again since tropic thunder was like 2008 yeah i think nothing comes to mind no like tropic thunder definitely and then i maybe the closest thing after that would be night and day oh yeah with Cameron Diaz. As much as that was like an action movie, he leaned a bit more into comedy. Oh, and then American Made was kind of him. Oh, see, I didn't see that one. But nothing as crazy as Tropic Thunder. And then before that, it was like maybe something like Magnolia, where he mm. was like the quote unquote inspirational speaker and he had um yeah. particular use of the C word 
in that movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and the thing is, though, I'd love to see Tom Cruise in comedy. If you get him as the as Les Grossman from Tropic Thunder again, by all means, let's <gasps> go for it. Put him and Jennifer Lawrence in a movie together. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, sign me up. I mean, there were rumors of a Les Grossman like spin-off movie or something at some point. I don't know whether that was ever true, but no, I kind of like that it existed in and. It, it wouldn't. I mean, this day and age, if that movie came out, you'd probably get a fucking oh. Disney Plus original series spinoff of. I mean, Disney Plus is a really bad <laughs> platform to have picked. You wouldn't see something like that on Disney Plus, but you know what I mean. But yeah, what what I'm saying is that I just hope Jennifer Lawrence doesn't Tom Cruise us and mm. never lean into this space again because it it's fun. It's fun to see her doing this. Yeah, I can I can sort of see her maybe going the maybe going like the Sandra Bullock route where she you know she chooses films every few years but they are blockbusters you know like she'll do like she'll have her drama with like blind side and you've got lost city which was kind of like her return to big screen sort of studio comedy Mm. and then like oceans eight things like that so like when she chooses a film now sandra bullock seems to be quite calculated she's like i'm choosing a film that i know audiences will respond to and i know that jennifer Mm. lawrence took time off because she was like, I was oversaturating the market. So maybe now let's hope that this weekend people turn up to this movie and we get a decent enough box office that make people go, we still love Jennifer Lawrence Mm -hmm. and we still want to see comedy on the big screen. And we still want to see like R rated comedy on the big screen. Like give us like bridesmaids just showed us what is possible. So can we just have, more and stop sending everything to streaming. Oh, yes, over let's it. wave that flag. <laughs> I'm over it too. Oh, flips the table. <laughs> flips the table on that one. Let's talk about some of the, the rom-com tropes in this movie, which are really great to see play out on screen. Mm. I mean, of course you have like the rom-com montage in there mm. with a popular music song. You, they're on the beach having a good time with the vibes, playing laser tag. Getting kicked out of laser tag. (laughs) Getting kicked out of laser tag. I mean, of course, you have to have that montage piece, but I guess part of the rom-com thing is outside of the fun is also like those unexpected moments of poignancy. Mm. And I just want to call out a particular scene where they go to that fancy restaurant for dinner Mm. and he plays the piano at the restaurant. I mean, my goodness. I was so moved by that scene, just the performances that came out of it from him and Jennifer Lawrence as well. Mm. It, it was a great scene that captured a lot of development in character work. I don't know. Yeah. How did you find that scene? Because it was just beautiful. Like the scene starts off quite sweet because they're both sort of having their like prom moment where, you know, they're in the, yeah. they're in the limousine. Yeah. They're both wearing clothes that normal people <laughs> wouldn't really wear. Wouldn't. <laughs> uh, you know, she gets the, corsage and all that sort of stuff and then yeah they're at dinner and the and the, like the banter is there yeah. at the dinner table and then you know he plays the song and also he plays like man eater the hall and oat song which yes. was a nice callback to when they first heard it and he's he thinks it's about <laughs> actually can, like cannibalism and she's like no, <laughs> no it's about a woman who's basically like seducing men like you know mm. and then he tells her mm. like he learnt the song and plays the song mm. and sings it beautifully. 
when that was happening, and because it goes back to Jennifer Lawrence's face, mm. I was like, I can't read yes. what's going to happen here because I wasn't sure if she was angry because of what the song was mm. implying. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, this is going to be the emotional turning point for the film where she kind of, you know, realizes like what she's doing, what she's doing to him, and what how he sees her. But it then went in a different direction, and it basically was like oh, you have genuine feelings yeah. for me and you having feelings for me isn't good because now I don't really want what your parents are going to mm. give me, but you need to still go off and be your own person, which then leads into the, the party scene, which obviously ends with quite a great, great little gag of, you know, getting punched and her voice <laughs> when she says that, when she says that one line in the car, but This also brought up a really interesting thing of how, like, I guess how progressive people are now, because she obviously as a woman in her thirties, meaning when she was in high school, she would have dealt with all of the sort of gay slurs that people just threw away as like, oh, that's so gay, Mm. meaning it's stupid. So when she says it and she's like, oh, how about you guys, you know, like suck each other off or whatever and she's saying it just as like a flippant remark yeah but because every all these teenage boys now are so like sensitive they're like you can't be homophobic it's just like oh, no 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 i'm not homophobic and then it's like everybody yeah. bangs up yeah. on her and it's like who's the one that said that and i was like it just made me think of like god damn kids are lucky these days yeah. like queer kids are lucky these days like i don't know what bullying is sort of you know what's happening but it seems like so many kids are allowed to be yes themselves if they're gay at 16 they can be gay at 16 and it seems like most people are okay with it their peers are like yeah okay that's great mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it just sort of made me think of like how much things have progressed in terms of we're now chastising characters for saying these sort of things that we grew up with mm. even though when we grew up with them it was still like it still hurt to say like that's gay and been like well that's kind of what i am yeah but it just sort of made me realize like this film is putting in these little things and it probably didn't you know it it might not be a scene that means much to a lot of people it might go over a lot of people's heads sure but it was a kind of a nice little additive to show that kids aren't all assholes even though these kids kind of are stereotypical like douchebags where it's like the guy the jock Mm. and all that sort of stuff there's some sort of heart and feeling behind it and it sort of and then it makes her like go no that's Mm. not who i am and then that also then brings into her looking at herself going i've fucked this Mm. whole thing up and i need to now get out of it and obviously then that leads into the parents going you need to fix this because he's madly in love with you uh i I, yeah i like all those layers of flipping the script on what a high school house party is like on a piece Mm. of paper meant to be. And it goes to show, just to build on your point about how much the conversation around how we talk to and treat people in flippant social situations has developed over the years. But I also found that that scene, sequence of scenes with all that commentary around the slurs and stuff, that it almost at the same time was a commentary and a satire on the whole thing too. It was just really clever. The fact that the parents, the parents come in and are like, who's the one that said this? And she's like, oh my God, your parents are at this house party. And they're like, you don't really think we'd let our son have a party with it. It's like, oh my God. Like it's, it's so different to what we're so used to seeing all these high school movies where parents just. Yeah. They don't exist. Don't exist. The amount of high school movies that have high school parties and the parents are just Mm. never there. And you're like, not every parent leaves 
to let their kids have a part. Like, yeah, it's it's kind of bizarre. But I did like that, that it was basically showing, like, this is probably what would actually happen. Yeah. Parents would probably be at home. They might say, hey, we're going to step away. Mm. But, yeah, the most parents would be mm. at their home. But my yeah. dad wouldn't <laughs> let me go to someone's house unless he had met the parents. That was, like, his rule. And we're talking, you know, oh, I guess high school period where it's harder to like meet the parents because it's not you know school pickup in the playground you know in primary school like everyone knows everyone anyway yeah but yeah in the, in the early noughties it's like oh but i but i don't know the parents and you know you just have to connect them and whatever uh and then you'd be able to stay over yeah or whatever. yeah you'd have to ring them on their yes. on their home on their home <laughs> telephone yeah and you'd have to get the have to get like the parents number and you know yeah i know i remember like having to like ring the person's house and been like Hi, Mrs. Yeah. Such and Such. It's Peter yeah. Gray calling. Is such and such there? And it's like nowadays, you don't remember numbers now. Like no. it's, it, yeah, it's crazy how your parents would be like, well, I need to know whose house you're at and I'm picking yeah. you up at this time. And now you're like, kids today would be like, oh, I'll get an Uber there. And you're like, you shouldn't have a phone tab at Uber. It's ridiculous. Did you really just say kids today? Kids today. I said, I said oh, it, dear. I said it because I'm old pushing. <laughs> I'm, I'm pushing it. Yeah. I know. I shouldn't give you shit. Cause Nick Labarra gives you shit about the whole, uh, the age gap between you two on your podcast. So. Uh, that's all right. I get, I mean, but then at the same, I get it right back Don't to him. Adjust. I mean, like, you know what? I was like, I was like, well, when I, when you were in diapers, I was able to buy beer. <laughs> I'm sure he's making up for that now. Not, not quite, quite not though, quite, but yeah. yeah, not, Close. yeah, yeah. Um, so one really not trivial thing, but just something that really upset me about the movie was Matthew Broderick's mm. hair. Like I just found it really <laughs> just gross. It was a bit cult leadery. It was. <laughs> I think that worked because his name was Laird. Laird. And I, I, that Laird. was great. Laird? La- Laird, no, like a Laird. lasagna? No, Laird. Laird. <laughs> no, you can just, call just me Laird. Laird. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and also, like, the fact that Matthew Broderick and Laura Bonanti, they both, I could be wrong. I feel like they were always dressed in white. Yeah, actually. As well. It, like, it did actually feel very yeah. culty now that now that I'm thinking about it. I mean, is that Matthew Broderick's actual hair? Like, I, I don't want to... Surely. Or was it a character choice? Like, it's a wig, right? It's got to be. I'd like to think it's a character. I'm pretty sure I saw photos of him at the premiere and he looked remarkably different. I'm yeah. like, you look like Matthew Broderick that we know. And that love. we know. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure it was a character choice and it was a bizarre one but i also think maybe he saw that his character's name was laird and was like if i'm a laird i have this hair like yeah, yeah. when he was getting his <laughs> costume fitting like, oh you know there's something missing here there's something missing i want a yeah. crazy long hair cult-like leader vibes <laughs> can we make that happen i think it also like it definitely made him look older as well yeah, it did. which yeah. probably helped the fact that they were kind of old school parents in a lot mm. of ways, the way that they treated their kid and stuff, mm. not not being like younger parents who would probably be a lot more like free and yeah. like let their kid do whatever they want. So I think that that let's just go with it was a character choice because he looked old as fuck yeah. and he's not that old looking. We're here to defend Matthew Broderick. <laughs> at least not at the premiere. He looked he looks like Matthew Broderick that we've known from the years gone by he's gone from inspector gadget all the way through <laughs> oh, oh, oh god what a weird choice why did i pick that yeah. movie 
That's bizarre. I was like, Ferris Bueller was right there, and you were like, nah, Inspector Gadget. Inspector Gadget. <laughs> and then I'm travel trouble thinking of any other movie apart from Stepford Wives. Uh, Godzilla? <laughs> of, oh, okay. Yeah. Wow, he's he's chosen some interesting movies, he has hasn't he? Chosen, but he's chosen well yeah. here. And yes, and he has chosen an interesting wig to go with it. Let's just say, <laughs> okay, enough on Matthew Broderick's hair. God's sake. Uh, is, is there anything else you want to talk about this movie from a character or story perspective that you loved or sort of any commentary around it? Or should we give our wrap up and, and rate this bad boy? The character that played by Natalie Morales. Uh-huh, yes. I, I loved her dynamic with yeah. Jennifer Lawrence, how they were like, clearly they'd been friends for a very long time. There was yeah. almost like a shorthand totally. that they had. They they were giving each other shit. Like when she brings out the very awfully made baby. The mobile. Yeah. The mobile. And <laughs> Natalie Morales is just like, there was no even pretending it was great. And Jennifer Lawrence is thinking, it's like, isn't it, isn't it awesome? It lights up. And they're like, oh, don't tell me it gets better by it lights up. Like <laughs> there was a smaller part of the film but they bumped up all the scenes in between mm. her whenever she was away from Percy. Mm. Yeah, I just I just thought she had some really great little little quips, um, especially towards the beginning when they're like, go back to the ocean. Because he's like, why don't you, you know, they're just like, go back into the ocean. Because yeah. that's like he's offering the, about the Craigslist and all that sort of stuff, which is a more bigger thing in America than it is in Australia. Yeah, sure. Man, Craigslist has some very... Just odd fucked things. up shit on there. Just like you can you can list anything, like putting your nineteen year old son up for sexy time. Yeah. So he's better equipped for college. I mean, verbatim the ad. Which makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's ripe for picking in comedy. That's oh, sure. if only I had that when I was nineteen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> if you could go back, would you? Actually, probably. <laughs> I probably go. would go back. I wouldn't go back to have sex with Jennifer Lawrence because um reasons because reasons <laughs> but i would actually i think i would like to go back i'd i'd t- i'd shake my teen self and be like it's gonna be okay totally i'm with you before we get too deep on our teenage lives yeah. then <laughs> what, what we would go back to change about us that's for another conversation mm. uh, do you want to share your uh, your wrap up and and your rating out of five popcorn kernels my friend so i know like this film it doesn't reinvent the wheel in any way but it's basically like if it ain't broke don't fix it it knows what it's doing it plays to the rules of its genre but it manages to sort of color outside the lines where it can so this film like it's not yeah it's not groundbreaking in any way it's not going to change the face of the genre but it's consistently funny which a lot of comedies aren't Mm. it's really sweet it never feels like it's overstaying it's welcome and it's just another great reminder of the power that is Jennifer Lawrence and her humour. I really, really had a good time with this. I'm giving it four out of five. It just made me laugh and made me smile. And right now, sometimes that's all you need. Couldn't agree more. Well, No Hard Feelings is a really refreshing comedy with equal parts heart and humour like we've discussed. I was so invested in these characters. And despite the formula of the film not diverting too far from the familiar, it was handled so well from a writing and direction perspective that it just worked and felt fresh and fucking hilarious. The real reason to see this film, though, is Jennifer Lawrence and Andrew Barth Feldman, who deliver such endearing and cohesive performances as a pair. They are what elevate this one to join other such comedy classics of the 2000s. Or What are we? Are we the 
Wait, are we the 20s again? What do we say? Yeah, I guess I guess the 2020. I, yeah, I guess so. Oh, God. We're now being, we could probably be considered the 20s. The which roaring is, 20s. Oh, it's really, and you know what? Also, it's like, it. it's crazy how 30 years is the 90s. Mm, like, we're just Peter. in this weird thing now where we're like movies that go back can go back to 2000. Like we're saying this movie is a throwback to the movies from the 2000s. Like, oh, that is Jesus. not fair. Um, so I'm still going to say it's a throwback to movies from the 80s because that makes me feel good. Okay, good. Whatever you need to do. <laughs> uh, well, I'm also going to rate No Hard Feelings for Popcorn Kernels out of five. And No Hard Feelings is in Australian cinemas from June 22. And that is it for another episode of Popcorn Powers. I was joined by Rotten Tomatoes certified film critic Peter Gray. Pete, where can people find you out on the internets and, and follow your work? Oh, they want to find me on all of the internets and all <laughs> the things that the internet can give you. Um, I am rated PDG on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to look for my reviews, they're on mainly on a site, the AU review where um i talk a lot about movies <laughs> and talk to some really great some really great people too so yeah uh, like uh me on popcorn pals <laughs> i'm one of those great peoples very much so yeah thank you i was waiting for the validation i appreciate that <laughs> well i've loved talking to you about this movie mate we're the jennifer lawrence appreciation podcast now and as always thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you next time We are now on YouTube where you will find our latest celebrity video interviews. Simply search Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.